Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. So here's my deep, dark confession for the day. I have never been much of a fan of freezer meals. I've always really associated them with those bland, mushy casseroles that are just not tasty. And I never really wanted to make them myself, especially since I kind of had this high horse attitude that, hey, I'm home, I'm a homesteader, and I'll just make it fresh. However, (laughs) I have been eating my words just a little bit here lately as our kids are growing, they're in more activities, I'm in the car more than I've been in the past. So I decided that I had probably better give freezer meals a second look. Now, considering I'm a go big or go home type of person, my very first freezer meal cooking day involved making 27 meals in less than five hours. I learned a few things in the process and I'll share them with you in today's episode. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and for the last 10 years, I've been helping people just like you who feel disenchanted by modern life. I'll show you how to create the life you really want by learning how to grow your own food and master old-fashioned skills. Our life is getting increasingly more complex, and I can't help but laugh when I think back to the days when I had one baby and I was staying at home all the time and I thought my life was so overwhelmingly complicated. Yeah, let's just say that was barely scratching the surface. So now we have three kids. Our oldest is in 4-H. Now we are homeschooling two of them. The third born's not quite old enough for homeschool. But we're also doing homeschool co-op every Thursday, which is a great opportunity, but it means we are in town all day long. So as we've been gearing up for the school year, I've been like, looking at the Thursdays on the calendar, and I feel like this sense of foreboding of, oh my gosh, here they come. What am I going to do? How am I going to keep up? It's going to completely shift our entire weekly schedule. So the first thing, of course, that pops into my mind, because I like food, is what are we going to eat on Thursdays? Like, I can get a crock pot meal in, but we usually have to leave the house really early, and sometimes the crock pot meals take a little prep, and I was getting stressed out about it until I decided to try some freezer meals. Now, like I said a minute ago, I've had this really negative attitude towards freezer meals, like, you know, they're, they're cheating or they're not as good or I didn't need them. But hey, we all uh, grow and mature. And so I, I think I've matured to the point where I am willing to try something new. So I got really excited as I started researching different options and realized if I committed a half a day to some hardcore freezer meal cooking, I could feasibly have enough meals to get us through our first half or more of the school year. So I committed to it, I made a plan, and I wanted to walk you through today some of the things that I did ahead of time that made our freezer meal cooking day a whole heck of a lot easier. We ended up doing 27 meals in four and a half hours. It was intense, but oh my word, it felt so amazing when I was done. I think I'm like addicted to it now. So here are some of the very 
best strategies that I kind of figured out by trial and error the first time around. And hopefully, if you're looking at doing freezer meal cooking, or maybe you've already done it and you just want to improve the process, hopefully these will give you some good ideas. So the very first thing that I found was crucial to this whole process was to prepare. Sometimes in the kitchen especially, I have this bad habit of flying by the seat of my pants where I will be, you know, looking through a cookbook, see a recipe, and decide to start making it at 4.30 in the afternoon when it takes like three hours of, of prep time. And it's just crazy and there's stuff all over the kitchen. Um, I've also been known to do the same thing with canning <laughs> where I'm like totally in another project and all of a sudden I go, hey, let's can something. And then within 30 minutes, there's the canner and the jars and all the stuff. And it's just like not a lot of mental preparation. However, I knew that I couldn't go that route with this freezer meal day if I really wanted to be efficient. So I forced myself to think of all the variables and get very prepared. So the first thing I did, and this is not something you have to do by any means for your freezer meal day, but I got a membership to this online site called Freezer Meal Pro. So like I said, this is not a requirement. There are so many free freezer meal recipes out there. They're all over Pinterest, all over Google. But I love this membership site because it helped me to organize a shopping list. So I literally would just select the recipes I wanted to make and it would auto populate a shopping list with everything organized. Amazing. And that saved me a lot of time. So that was worth the cost of the membership for me. It may not be for you. You can always make your own shopping list, but that really simplified the process. And I'll leave a link to that website in the show notes. So I made my list. I scheduled an actual day on the calendar for shopping. Normally our shopping is more of, oh, hey, we're out of stuff. Let's go to town. Um, whereas this was an actual scheduled day. I told Christian he needed to watch two of the kids. I was going to take one with me. <clears throat> and I was like on the calendar. Before I left, I also did an, a thorough inventory of my pantry. So I usually kind of have a working knowledge of what I have in there but I wanted to have a very clear visual picture of what I did and did not have in stock. So I checked everything from the onions and the potatoes, the milk, the broth, all of that stuff, the spices, the salt, to make sure we had everything well stocked. And if it wasn't, it went on the shopping list. I printed out in this fancy binder. I had the shopping list in the front. I had the recipes in the back. This is all from that membership site I told you about. And then I took that whole thing to the grocery stores and Costco. So I went to our, our little local grocery store first. <clears throat> and then I drove a little bit farther into Colorado and went to Costco. So it was two stores in a row. It took half the afternoon. I had my binder and highlighters and pens. And I probably looked like a psycho person in Costco with like the little check boxes and the highlighters. But I didn't care because I was bound and determined I wasn't going to forget anything. So I brought home a carload of groceries, and then the night before freezer meal day, I set out all the ingredients other than the refrigerated ones, of course. So everything I had purchased from the store that we were going to use, I organized it on our kitchen table. I brought all of my herbs and oils and seasonings and placed them in the middle of my kitchen island. 
And then I took my binder and list out to our freezers. So we have like three freezers in our barn. And I took a giant basket and brought in all of the meat that we would be cooking or using in that, not cooking because we actually didn't cook. I'll explain that in a minute. But all the meat would be we would be using the following day because I did want it to be <clears throat> partially defrosted so we could actually stick it in the bags. Okay, so that was the prep. Then I went to bed early. I set my alarm. I got up early. I got the kids on board. I told Christian the plan. I'm like, hey, don't be in the kitchen <laughs> that morning. It is reserved. Um, I bribed my children and said, hey, if you help mommy do freezer meals, you'll get a treat in the afternoon. So the whole family knew it was happening. Overkill? Maybe. But hey, it ended up working out pretty darn good. Another strategy that I found to be super helpful, which is something I usually don't do, is I bought some cheater ingredients. So let me explain. So normally I'm all about from scratch and I use homegrown or the wholest form of an ingredient possible. I made some exceptions for freezer meal day just because of the sheer quantity of food I needed to get out of my kitchen in a short amount of time. So here's, here's what I did. I bought some minced garlic, um, you know, the jars like at Costco, the big jar of minced garlic. To be perfectly honest, I don't think that garlic has the best flavor as compared to fresh garlic, but it was a compromise, right? I'm like, either I am chopping garlic cloves for six hours, <laughs> or I can scoop it out of the jar and add it to the recipes. The minced garlic doesn't have weird additives or preservatives. It's just garlic in a jar. So, you know, it's not a unhealthy ingredient. It's just maybe slightly less on the flavor scale than it would be if I had used fresh. I was cool with that though. Another place I cheated a tad is that I bought canned beans, like canned pinto beans, canned black beans, navy beans, those sort of things. I have dry beans. I can whip up a batch of dry beans in about mm, 60 minutes with my Instant Pot, and I do it all the time. However, the recipes I was using called for a variety of beans that were already, you know, cooked, not dry and, and raw. And so I didn't really want to be having to make all those ahead of time or try to coordinate the instant pot while I was doing everything else. So I bought some organic cans of beans, totally fine. They don't contain junk. So cost a little bit more, but to me that was worth it. I also, this was a little bit more of an edgy cheat for me. I ended up buying some organic chicken breasts uh, from Costco. I, and you've heard me rant on this on the blog before, I'm kind of anti-chicken breast, which sounds so weird, but I like whole chickens, right? They're cheaper. It helps us learn how to use more parts of the chicken and we butcher our own chicken. So whole birds are my jam. But a lot of the recipes I found that would have been a great fit for our family on a busy weeknight called for chicken breast. So I did cheat and get some organic chicken breasts not something I would do all the time and I still am a huge fan of whole chicken but you got to do what you got to do. Okay so the morning came <clears throat> I got my coffee we got breakfast I got the kitchen clean the sink empty and then I set up stations which this sounds so incredibly organized and let me tell you by the end of the morning the stations were unrecognizable in a sea of stuff but 
I started out with good intentions and I think it's still um, kind of set the flow to have areas for each thing, even though it turned into just mostly chaos by the end of the end of the session. But anyway, so I had a veggie chopping station on the one side of our island and I actually set my children up here. I had my six-year-old peel the carrots and the potatoes. We had a lot of carrots for some reason in the recipes. I had my nine-year-old cutting the um, carrots into slices or the celery or the potatoes into cubes. So she did that. And they were very efficient and really, really helped just keep the vegetables coming. Um, there was a lot of onions to be used. And I am a horrendous crier with onions. Like I am so ridiculously sensitive to onion fumes. It's embarrassing. So I got my food processor out and set it over on the counter away from the island and made a little onion station. So most of the recipes called for one whole onion that was diced. So I would just give it a buzz in the food processor so fast and it saved me a lot of tears and like not being able to see what I was doing. So that was a lifesaver. I also had a area where I had my freezer bags and a Sharpie so I could label before I put the food in. I figured that one out after the first recipe. Don't try to label when the food is in the bag. It doesn't work so well. So you want to label it ahead of time. That might be obvious to everyone but me, but hey, now I know. And then I also had um, an area with all the herbs and the vinegars, the oils, the Worcestershire sauce, uh, the soy sauce, anything that was a flavoring was in one area. So I would open the bag, put the meat in, put the vegetables in, and then put the seasonings on top. Another thing that really, really helped, and this is something I actually learned from this freezer meal website, and this is not an ad for that membership. I have no affiliation with them. It just was really helpful to me. And I've had a lot of people ask what I use to prepare. So that's what I use. So anyway, not an advertiser for this freezer meal website is just helpful. So anyway, one thing I learned from this website is that Sometimes the recipes that we associate associate with being mushy, bland freezer meals are the ones that have been cooked first. And there are exceptions to this. Like I've had some frozen lasagna that was pretty darn good. But sometimes if we're doing the whole 1985 casserole in the freezer and we're trying to take those out and rebake them, that's when we kind of get less than tasty meals. So this freezer site recommended that you only do no cook recipes. So everything I was putting into this bags, these freezer bags was raw, raw meat, raw vegetables. And it was fine that those two things touched because they were going to be cooked all together. So there wasn't any issue with food safety there. Um, but that saved so, so, so much time, especially, you know, if I had been browning ground beef or searing roasts or doing things like that before I put them in the bags, this would have taken so much longer. So I love that everything was raw. And of course, it's all going to cook together in the, the crock pot or the instant pot or the stove top, whatever the method is later once I thaw it out. But that saved a lot of time. And I think it's really going to preserve the texture and the flavor of the finished dishes. Um, on a little side note here. I love to sear meat, <laughs> and this is a weird side note, but bear with me here. It makes sense. I love to sear meat. Um, 
when I make a roast, whether it's beef or pork, or I'm doing uh, pork chops in the crock pot or whatever, searing really increases flavor. It gives it the brown. It's just way better. So a little part of me cringed when I was putting whole roasts in bags with seasonings and beans or whatever other ingredients, and they weren't seared first. Do I suspect I might have a slight reduction in flavor because we didn't sear? I do. I think it may not be as succulent and tasty as a seared roast, but I had to take into account just the ease of what I was doing. So if I had been deciding I wasn't going to make any of these recipes because they weren't seared and the flavor wouldn't be as good. What I would have probably done is buy fast food on the way home from homeschool co-op day because I wouldn't have had anything prepared. So I decided to choose having food that was healthy and wholesome and maybe a little less flavorful than it would have been if I'd have made it from scratch that day versus eating junk. So hopefully that makes sense. So for me, it was a really doable compromise. Okay, and then my last strategy that I found to be helpful is I actually just made one recipe at a time. So I've seen some really cool spreads on social media where these amazing freezer meal women have like 10 bags lined out. They're standing up on end and they just go boom, 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 all the chicken, all the salt, all the garlic. And they're just like doing it in this crazy assembly line. I tried to do that with two bags and I got so confused. I didn't even know like what was going in where. So I found that I would, you know, have my printed out recipe. Definitely don't try to use your recipes on your computer or your phone because it'll drive you insane. So print them out. And then I would fill that entire bag, make sure it was labeled ahead of time, filled, sealed, placed over in a nice tidy pile. And then I would start the next recipe. If you are better at multitasking than I am, you can probably do the whole 10 bags at a time assembly line thing. I was just getting so confused. So one bag at a time worked best for me, just an FYI. So all in all, the day was actually pretty darn enjoyable. I had my coffee, we turned on some good music, uh, the kids were in there, everyone was excited to accomplish this goal. And knowing that the day or that morning had just been reserved for freezer meals really helped me to relax into just enjoying the process. And when we got done, like it was such a high knowing that we had done it. We had to climb the mountain. We had accomplished the thing and we had food. Hey, we have food for many, many months to come and many, many days worth of homeschool co-op lessons. So we stacked the meals in my freezer. They're in there now. Here's a confession. This is weird, but I actually occasionally will go into the freezer and open the door just to look at the freezer meals because it just makes me feel happy to know that they're in there. Um, But we will definitely be doing this again. I think maybe I'd say after the first of the year, we'll probably be running low and we'll pick some new recipes and schedule another day. So I highly recommend looking into freezer cooking. If you have a full life like we do, it reduces the stress and hey, it's actually kind of fun in the process. So if you are falling in love with this idea of an old fashioned intentional kitchen that's full of nourishing food and all sorts of rich memories, you are gonna love my Heritage Kitchen Handbook. It's a little ebook that I packed full of my very best tricks for cooking and eating like a farmer 
even if you live in the city. And you can grab it for free at www.heritagekitchenhandbook.com. And that is all for today, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have just a second, I would be so honored to have you pop over, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player, and leave a quick review so more people can bring homesteading into their lives. I can't wait to catch up with you next time on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.